It's Thursday night. You know what that means. The Comics Pals are live for Pals Pulls. We've got Tyler. Uh, hello. Kale. What's up, hot dog? And me, your ever-present-ish host. Uh, it's, been a, yeah. it's been a lot. It's been a lot the last few, the last couple of weeks. It continues to be, but I'm here. We made it. Uh, what is up, Trapzord? Thank you for joining Man, Trapzord, what's your streak? Because I feel like you've been you've been really showing up um, regularly. Easily, easily yeah. You want to talk Catherine. about you want to talk yeah. about ever present? It's it's Trapzord. Yeah. Trapzord's Trap been here yeah. more more recently more than you have actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably more than all of us actually. Uh, Maybe yeah. I appreciate the dedication so much. We all do. Uh, so we have oh no, Marco, Marco by the way, yeah, yeah Marco. Mar- doesn't. Marco, Marco has no dedication. I'm just kidding. I'm, um, so we have four books this week. I actually I do not have the physicals this week. Yo, so, you had to get a digital? Yeah, that's yeah. how my that's how my week is uh, turning out. Yeah, like a, so, are you are you good busy or just bad busy? <laughs> take your I mean, pick. Wouldn't good busy mean he went to the shop and got his books? Like, I guess so. That's a good type of busy. That's true. Yeah, that's what he likes to do, right? Like, yeah, yeah none of that. So, something uh, derailed that. Uh, thoughts and prayers for Sean in the chat, if you can. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. So uh, we've got Black Adam number one, Punisher Word Journal number one, Immortal X Men number three. And Silver Coin number eleven. That's War Journal Blitz, by the way. So mm. it's it's not you know like a new number one with the same titling. That's going to be an ongoing. This is a one shot that will lead into other one shots. It, it appears based on what we got here. Um, not that it leads into them, but that there are other one shots. I should say. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. Before we get into the reviews, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show. Our links to all of our stuff are always in the description. So if you want to get more specific and see what we have to offer, check that out. But I do want to make sure I mention the Patreon, patreon.com slash the comics pals. For as little as $3 a month, you, you can support the show and you get to read our newsletter. Marco posted 36 pages, I believe, of newsletter this week. So if you are looking for torture um join our (laughs) patreon page and uh check that out marco's going through something too and he is working through it using our patreon Patreon let's let's just say that he told us a little bit about it yesterday he's crying on the subway (laughs) right yeah that's i'm laughing but i get it (laughs) i I mean kale what are you doing what are you doing next week for euro how are you following this one up do you want to know? I'll give you. I'll give you a tease. Okay. All right. Uh, mine will include um, a video. It's oh. going to be a kale tries. Oh. Okay. Oh, fun. Oh, is it yeah. okay? I think we might have mentioned it in the uh, the Patreon Discord. Is that possible? If you're in the Patreon Discord, you already okay. know. All okay. right. I'm okay. excited for this. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, Trapzord. Uh, thank you. That that means the world to us. We appreciate it. Um, so youtube.com slash the comics pals subscribe. If you haven't liked the videos, share them with your friends, all that stuff's free to do. We really are trying to grow what we're doing here. And that's a big, big way to do it. If you've got, you know, friends that are into comics that you haven't mentioned about us yet, 
please do do that. Um, and uh, hopefully they decide to give us a shot. Uh, Catherine, welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, and uh, Thor Book Club. Thor Book Club is coming out next Tuesday. Or not next Tuesday. Two, two Tuesdays. Tuesdays away. Yep. Yeah, two Tuesdays. So uh, that'll be on the 4th of July. It'll be dropped. No, the 5th of July. The 5th uh, of July. The, may, uh, yeah. July the 5th be with you. You better not be dropping <laughs> anything but me on the 4th of July. Is that how you were born? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's uh, Thor, um, God of Thunder, the Gore the God Butcher stuff, if you guys want to read along. Is it the first two volumes, is it? Uh, yep, volume one yep. and two. Yeah. Yeah, I totally read it. <laughs> I mean, you have at some I point. Have, yeah, I have read. I yeah. own all the issues, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's dive in. Let's start with Black Adam number one. Uh, so this is by uh, Christopher Priest. I believe he's just yep. going by Priest right now. Yeah, but, we uh, went the Prince route. Got it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Christopher <laughs> Priest joined Did Vince the McMahon by... see his name or something at this point? <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in WWE, there's a really stupid thing that happens where they cut someone's first name off a lot. So, like a guy named Matt Riddle became Riddle, yeah. for example. Um, he does. He doesn't do any riddles. It's not even a gimmick. He was an actual MMA uh, MMA fighter who had an just established brand. It's just stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, hi. Uh, oh, Marty is in the uh, the the chat. Uh, Kale, our uh, our previous DM who what? dealt with Word? our uh, shenanigans. Word. Uh, yeah. Marty, what's up, bro? M. Chadoric, welcome. I probably didn't say that right, but uh, welcome. Thank hey, you for joining. Yeah. Um, let's let's jump in. So, oh, Rafa Rafa Sandoval on art. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Herms did the colors, and Willie Schubert on the letters. So this this was a surprise to me in a lot of ways because I I, I did no research into what this book was going to be. And I certainly haven't been keeping up with Black Adam. The only thing I know about him of late is what happened in um, Dark Crisis. What's been going on, you know, over there. So that's it. So this issue really surprised me. Tyler, you're probably more tapped in than I am. Do you know, like, w was any of this new to you or was it just new in general? I don't think it's even new in general, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think this is meant to be kind of like just jump in. Like, do you know uh, that Black Adam is a guy that can scream Shazam and turn into Black Adam? Then you know what's happening here. Mm. Um, I think the the idea of Black Adam having that human persona has always been like, uh, do I want to deal with it? Do I not want to deal with it as a writer? Um, I yeah. don't think he ever really showed up in Bendis's run, um, his human side, whose name I always forget. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Adam was just Black Adam. Yeah, Theo or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is kind of like just jump right in sort of deal. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I wasn't really feeling it, I got to say. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I know that people have said that they really enjoyed it, and that's great. I'm glad for that. But um, I think Christopher Priest is a talented writer. I found that a lot of the dialogue to be grating and very um uh stereotypical and that mm. frustrated me a lot 
I was hoping to get your take on that. I, I think specifically the the one POV character, or, or the young character, I guess, yeah, yeah, who will yeah. become our POV character is the way it seems. Yeah. Um, wh- what was his name? Uh, the younger... Uh, Malik? Like, Malik? Yeah, Malik? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it reminded me of that... Uh, that I don't know if it was Kotaku or IGN who did a review on uh, the Miles Morales video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the swagger of a black teen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of had that kind of feel to it. Um, I, I, He did, the character did have a distinct voice. I'll give him that. That's for fucking sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, it got a little too much. It became cutesy after the fifth page or fifth panel, really. <laughs> um, I think that needed to be toned down a bit. I do think yeah. the voice for Black Adam is good. Um, I like how he's this diplomat who does not give a shit. Um, it felt very um, Tony Stark when he's doing the uh, the Senate hearing thing. Uh, okay. And was that Iron Man 2 or whatever? Agreed. Um, which I guess was fine for a character I've literally never, or a half of a character I've literally never seen or heard before. Um, doing exactly that, fine. It just felt like Priest was overselling these characters to us. Like, let yeah. them kind of, you know, chill out, dial it back, and, you know, just say something interesting with them. Here's an example of dialogue that I thought was not it. So, uh, Malik... Can you, can you just go go full into it, Sean? I, wanna, I want you to go <laughs> method for this. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see what I we'll see what happens. Uh, so Malik is speaking with Theo. They're cousins. They're related to Black Adam and or to some degree, whatever. And um, Malik says, I'm about to open Gangnam style up in this piece. <laughs> now, I have never now ever. Hold on. I have never met a black person who ever said Open Gangnam style. Okay, that's number one. As a verb. And <laughs> right. And number two, that was popular like seven years ago. That was a long time ago. And that's the thing. Priest is kind of an old an old fella now. Yeah. So I that's what it felt Not like. Great. This this felt like yeah. when Bendis is trying to write younger younger people. Mark Wade doing modern oh. Archie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to say, it was so bad that I enjoyed it. <laughs> like, okay. like it, got, it, it circled back around for me. It got like so, I was like, oh, man, this character is annoying as shit. Oh, oh, he's, these are references that are very dated. Uh, and it just got to the point where like, this is stupid. I kind of like it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it at first when I thought, oh, okay, random doctor, whatever. That'll show off this guy's character. Great. Uh, but then when it became clear he was an ongoing character, I went, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> Not only an ongoing character, it looks like Christopher Priest, or rather Priest, is putting the black in Black Adam. Um, yeah. Yep. Where Black Adam's going to be a black guy coming up? Well, possibly. Yeah, or probably. one half of him will be. His Billy Batson sidewall. The Rock playing the character in film is probably the reason That's for true. that. That's true. And you know what? I I do have a problem with that. Yeah, to answer your question, Kale, and the reason is because I I'm I, I'm assuming you were you were joking, but I I do well, want to at, address it specifically <laughs> at Tyler because yeah, 
it would be a problem if I said it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my my issue is look, you know, there is a difference between being black from America or black from wherever and being Egyptian. You know, that's not the same thing. And Black Adam being from there, being Egyptian, representing that, you know, what's 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 the matter, Tyler? I'm hoping we get some Hotep style stuff uh, with this Egyptian uh, uh, black merging here, Sean. You think that's something we can get in this book? I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like Adam just wears an ankh going forward. Like it's just weird to take away from a character who is not. There are hardly any characters with Black Adam's background. And then put him on the sideline to kind of do something else. With yeah, black that's cool. But like, there are other black characters. Like, can can we just keep doing what we've been doing with Black Adam? Whatever. I'm off my soapbox on that. Um, I just couldn't with the dialogue, for the most yeah. part. That's my. I thing. really like the art, especially that uh, Desad uh, uh, Dark Side Black Adam fight. I yeah, that was that real was cool. good. Uh, when Black Adam's choking out the Nazi, the Nazi looks like he's enjoying it a little too much. That looked like a cum face. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there the the art in this is very good, I, especially that that splash page of Black Adam after he uh, shazams out again and becomes Black Adam and like oh he's infected with some kind of necrosis or whatever. Yeah, um, it's, I think it's a it's a good page. I thought the art was very good. You know, I, it, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It bugs the hell out of me that saying Shazam and using that particular asset aspect of the Shazam power, the lightning as a weapon is used so often for these characters, especially, and I, it especially doesn't work for me with black Adam. Agreed. Because that dude is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, it, it, so we should also kind of talk about what's happening. I feel like most of the issue is just setting up the reveal at the mm -hmm. end. Um, but it's just Theo, Black Adam's, you know, human counterpart, you know, being a boss, uh, going around talking trash. He has a meeting with some political people. He puts them in their place because he's a badass. He gets called a Karen by his cousin who is the the doctor, Malik. Malik gets arrested. Um, so there's a lot of shenanigans and stuff like that. And then ultimately we get to a point where Black Adam tells Malik that he is going to be replacing um, him as Black Adam. So really the first issue is just set up for the second issue, which is where we actually get to the story of this thing. Um, that's fine. I don't have a huge problem with that. And it does everything it's supposed to do. It introduces us to these characters, explains who they are and what their sort of issue is. Doesn't quite tell us what these characters want yet, but I don't know if the want is in play. Um, overall, it's functional. I just could not get past the dialogue. So I would say pass. Um, but if you're interested in, you know, Black Adam's comic book stories, this is where he's at. So this is the one. Yeah. Yeah, I like the hook. I like the idea that Black Adam is dying. 
it feels like that's going around lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a villain. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, but I don't know with the, I don't know this and poison Ivy. I think uh, they're just two characters that it's working for me for, for whatever reason. Um, so I like the hook, but yeah, I got to say pass. I probably, I might trade weight this one until I find out how it comes out. Um, I do wonder if, because they're not going to kill off Black Adam, Teth, um, Ahmed, or whatever his name is, the the guy, right? Uh, I wonder if they're going to set up a Black Adam family. That was the vibe I got. Mm, okay. That could be interesting. Hmm. I would like to see Black Adam sacrifice his cousin. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Don't be a Karen, Sean. Oh God! Um, uh, for me, like started. I enjoyed the the issue, but I don't think I'd recommend pulling it. Uh, for me, this is like a, this is like if the buzz is there by issue three, yeah, I might jump back in, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, like catch up or something. Um, will this be something I read like on a DC Universe app? Yeah, I think so, but like I can't. Yeah. It's twelve issues. Like uh, I would say pulling it at this point seems like a long haul that I don't want. Um, for to deal with for a year, if it was like six six issues, maybe maybe. Um, but for me, it's like uh, not yet. Let me let me hear about it first. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So you guys are passing too. Yeah. All right. Is it our first unanimous pass on the show? No, no. Uh, sure. We we all sure. passed the the book. I can immediately think of is uh, the Buffy. Book oh, yep. That we read. Yep. <laughs> that was a yes, hard did. pass, uh, unfortunately. Um, all right. So let's talk about the other number one we're reviewing this week Punisher Warzone Blitz. So, War Journal. War Journal, sorry. I made the same mistake in the title of the stream. Don't worry. <laughs> War Journal Blitz. Uh, so this is by Torin Gronbeck. This is our second week. Reading a book by Torin. Last week we read the Thor. Um, mm-hmm. What was it called? Thor, Jane, uh, Jane Foster, and Thor, or something. Uh, Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, that was last week. Yeah. Right. I think so. Oh, feels like an eternity ago. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't. It was two weeks ago. I wasn't here last week. Oh, it was, it was your last week. week. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was your last week. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening right now? <laughs> Uh, Nothing about recording. We're not live. We have to talk to you, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lad Medina on the art. Color by Antonio Fabella. Letters by Corey Pettit. Uh, So this is a story that takes place within the current time frame of what the Punisher is doing now. He's the leader of the hand. He's not really about that gun life anymore. He's more about, you know, swords, katanas, stuff like that. He's got the new the new um, logo. Which this issue does a really funny thing with his logo where, you know, there's so there's like the current time and then there's a past time flashback thing going on. And in the flashbacks, this dude is wearing a ridiculous like Punisher is not rocking this leather jacket that's closed (laughs) to cover his uh, his old logo. It's so funny what Marvel's. Doing. I didn't even think about that, honestly. Yeah, yeah it's fun. It's hilarious. Um, and so it's it's a really like 
small story about Punisher going after the new hate monger. And, you know, they've had an encounter before that hate monger survived. Punisher is not about to make the same mistake twice. Um, and it's the hand versus hate monger. What did you guys think? I had fun with this. Me too. Yeah, I, I like a good one-shot Punisher story. Like, I think that's about all I want to handle for the Punisher. Yeah, it's a good amount of Punisher, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, and this this reminds me of the old uh, Punisher War Journal books that always kind of went side-by-side side with, you know, they'd be mm. releasing a Punisher book and a War Journal book or a War Zone book, um, where the, the, the war, you know, noun books were always, I felt, a little more one-and-done as opposed to telling this gi- giant story. Because Punisher is the kind of guy you can tell that story with. It's a one and done story. Like he kills people, end of story. Like just tell a story within that. That is literally your your frame. He kills the bad people. Have at it. And what better way to start that with uh, other than uh, with hate monger of all people? Um, and I think this tells a fun story. It's got it's got ninjas. It's got uh, pin particle grenades that are used very effectively yeah. in really in really fun ways. It's got polar bears. Um, it's, uh, I thought this was like good, stupid fun. Maybe that's why I had the typo where I wrote Punisher Warzone, because this is how I feel about the Warzone movie. There it's you go. The idea of Frank Castle just wanting to kill people who are bad, uh, and then up the action times a hundred. Um, and that's what, that's what this book was. And I thought the, uh, Lam Medina art was real good. It wasn't overly flashy. It wasn't trying to be something it wasn't. It was just straightforward Punisher and it was real good. Man, Lan does a great job with the action. Um, Some of these pages, like the page where Punisher is gassed, where they where they unleash that gas, and the like, couple of action sequences where he's running, knowing that he can't breathe because he'll die to the gas, but he's still got to kill this woman. Like those are some really great pages. Those pop in panels. So it's like I wish I could show you guys, but um, you know, in the background sort of I hope I'm explaining this well you have Punisher uh you know running into this room and the woman is there with her gun and her gas mask and Punisher's running through but then the pop-in panel shows them about to start fighting and then the next one shows the fight then the next one shows a close-up on her face then a close-up on him trying to pick up his sword like it keeps the action really flowing without bombarding you with panels so it's not confusing to look at and it's actually not overly flashy, but it makes the action exciting. I also really like the the flashback uh, just before that when it's revealed that the hate monger was in this crowd hidden in the barn that mm-hmm. um, uh, Frank was in. Um, and he's the man that Frank spoke to. Um, I thought, you know, and obviously that's, you know, writing direction or whatever, but I think it's portrayed really well mm-hmm. because you, you look at the, the other guy, you know, the first time and you're like, oh, that's just a regular guy. But then he tosses the blanket off and he puts his sunglasses on and he becomes the hate monger. And it's like, oh, I get Superman. <laughs> Right, like it's a it's a it's a transformation. Yeah, and he yeah. uses his generic look to kind of fool the Punisher. Um, yeah, that was very well portrayed. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, that's like a little commentary on 
you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, for lack of a better phrase. Like, mm. um, it's it's good stuff. Uh, I I really enjoyed this issue. I normally don't care too much for mindless action, um, and this was that. I kind of like it when Punisher stories have some type of morality at play, or you know, a bigger question that's unsolvable. This didn't really feel like that. I guess um, Hate Monger tries to make the point that. The Punisher is just radicalizing people by even killing hate monger. Um, he's creating more hate mongers, more hateful people in the world. Um, point taken, but hate monger still has to go. <laughs> There's no way around that. Um, it's good. The Punisher will still be around for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, war never ends. In the immortal words of... Um, who said that? Uh, shoot, is it Predator? Carrot is top. it Predator? Oh okay. no, it's Carrot it's it's. Top. I forget. I forget. Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, famous Gallagher quote: "War never ends." <laughs> Boosh! Yeah, A watermelon explodes. Yeah. Uh, I would say pull this if you like the Punisher and you want to see him kill a racist. Hey, when you say if that, you want right? to see if you want to see racism die, pick up Punisher War Journal Blitz. Man, this along with Cody Rhodes, I think uh, racism's done in this country. I think I think we're good. The only people who can defeat racism is our white men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That that tracks. <laughs> wow. Who knew we yes. had the power all along? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some would say, nope, not saying it. Um <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> not saying it. Not saying it. I would also pull this book. I thought that was fun. This was uh even though some guy's head gets exploded and it looks like uh, what happens to, spoiler alert, Glenn in issue 100 of The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> like, it's a. Uh, I, I don't want to say harmless fun, but like the, owning the book itself is harmless. Wow, Tyler. Nice spoiler, dude. I was on my way to reading that. Uh, you, were, you were at 99, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I stopped a long time before that. Uh, Kale, where are you at with this one, Paul? Yeah. Pretty good. That's not what I would normally go for, but um, I don't know. I think I personally would have to be sold, but this is me selling you on it. Yeah, pull it. It's good. It's fun. And I like I like Torn Gronbeck. Like, mm-hmm. I think I do too. It's always fun, you know. Now, now I'll speak for myself. Now that I'm like a veteran of reading comics, it's fun to see new people come up and what their ideas are. And that's been a really fun part of the last 10 years of reading comics, this newer guard coming up. Yeah. I don't, uh, other than uh, Jane Foster Thor, whatever it was we read two weeks ago, I don't know that I've read anything by this person. And I I think I, I think I really like them. I would recommend checking out her uh, Valkyrie stuff. It's good. It's good stuff. Valkyrie. There's Craven involved. Um, the talking horse who's smarmy, like, mm-hmm. gotta love a talking horse. You know what? I agree. Huh. Uh, let's talk about Immortal X Men number three. Hmm. Oh man, let's talk about Immortal X Men number three. Before we talk about the book, mm-hmm. can I talk about this Mark Brooks cover, the, the A cover? Yes, it's 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 destiny. I guess floating away with her cape and all the characters that mean stuff to her are in Mm. the cape, and it's just using the form of a flowing cape. To it's just it's good. It's a good Mark Brooks. Come on, 
Mark Brooks is undefeated. You got to stop it. It's too good. <laughs> um, what a what an amazing comic book. Mm. Kieran Gillen wrote it, of course. Lucas Wernick on art. DJ Lima did the colors. Clayton Cowles on letters. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. This was amazing. So Destiny, for those of you who are unaware, quick recap. Destiny was resurrected through several shenanigans on the part of Mystique. She impersonated Professor Xavier to give uh, Hope a Cerebro helmet mm-hmm. uh, to enhance her powers. Basically, the five exist, and then Professor X is separate from them, but they're all required to resurrect people, resurrect mutants. And there's sort of a, an inherent checks and balances to that. Uh, you also need uh, uh, Sinister to get the, the DNA of that person to bring them back. So all there are all these different, you need like seven people to do it. And Mystique, because they would not resurrect Destiny, impersonated Xavier, gave Hope a cerebral helmet, impersonated uh, Xavier, gave, uh, forced Sinister to get the DNA for Destiny, and they brought her back. So they circumvented Xavier and Magneto's plans. Destiny is a precog, which means that she can see the future or potential futures. And that was bad for the Krakoa that existed at the time because of Moira and all her shenanigans. Now, getting into this issue, Destiny's powers have been on the fritz. She was in some kind of a coma or like a like a, a, veg, a vegetated state, something like that. She was she was done for. Emma couldn't save her. She's just out. And the whole issue is her inner monologue um, sort of showing us potential futures, talking about her love for Mystique, very, you know, very good stuff on Kieran, on Kieran Gillen's part, juxtaposed with a conversation that the council is having about what Mystique did. So those are pretty much the two parts of this issue. And I want to focus first on Destiny's mind and what she's going through as she kind of like comes back into consciousness. What did you guys think about that part? I What I liked about it is um, for me, and I would say most readers, Destiny is not a well-known or popular character. Um, she hasn't been around in, I, I think decades, plural, is the right answer there. Um, yeah, it's been a while since she's, uh, since she's been around. So this serving as a kind of reintroduction of who she is, I think was A, necessary if she's going to be a major player in this, in the X plot going forward. Um, and I think it does a great way of doing that and also moving the plot forward at the same time. Because we could have just had like, oh, here's a Destiny Explainer 101. There's your issue. But there's actual forward momentum happening at the same time, which I think is pretty well done. Um, yeah. it's, it, it, that is a skilled comic book writer to be able to do, you know, two birds, one stone there. Um, I like how it raises the stakes because it really solidifies her relationship with Mystique. Um, and what easier way to add stakes to a story than love, you know? Um, love, and, uh, love against a ticking clock, too. Yeah, yeah, and then in both of the people, or or maybe more, uh, 
Mystique, uh, a, a lover who will do anything to keep that love going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And it also it also showed her power set in a way where like a precog is like almost like a deus ex machina sometimes, which I think is mm-hmm. originally why no precogs was a rule. I think there was a writer's rule for it too. You know, like if precogs are there, how do they not know this is happening sort of thing? Um, so introducing her power set as like a way of like, yeah, she can see the future and she can see all these things, but only really the form of the future or these anchor points, uh, nexus points, uh, which is a big Marvel term um, mm-hmm. across the board. Scarlet Witch is a nexus being um, <laughs> uh, and how that kind of it makes her power set powerful, but not all powerful if that makes sense right you know like there's still interpretation that needs to happen um yeah i i enjoyed it especially the first half yeah it's funny i had to read issue two to catch up and so when i got to when i finally got to the uh the credits page uh for issue three here um which is on comiXology is page 13 I went, man, how long has it been? And I was having a great time. Um, and then it got into like the the stuff that she can see and like what she, you know, the, the now versus like the stuff that's coming up. And that felt to me very, it felt like Hickman in a Gillen way. Hmm. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, Damn it, this might have gotten me excited about the X-Men again. <laughs> yeah. This this was the issue. This was the issue that I needed. It, yeah. it, it kick started my excitement. Everything else has been like ho hum. I see why Kieran Gillen was sought after to join the X uh, you know, the X writers room, if you will. The the one thing that I'm like hung up on is because I agree with you guys. I'm on the same I'm in the same boat as you. But also I can't tell you where things are going, you know, like, like sure. Sinister is up to his sinister things in the background. Uh, and we got some potential future scene here, but like, where is our story going? I don't know. And I, I mean, that's part of the point. Cause destiny also doesn't really know. Yeah. I have to imagine the next step. The next big step has to be dealing with clone Moira. Well, what, what's so exciting to me is the fact that, you know, Destiny really, really threw a monkey wrench into things in a way that, you know, we knew she was the ace in the hole, um, you know, for, for Mystique and that she was going to upend stuff. I don't think I really realized how important she was going to be going yeah. forward and how much she was going to shake stuff up, but she really has. And the fact that she doesn't know what's going to happen, um, but that she knows that what Sinister's doing is leading us to an eventual future that ends the timeline outright. That's crazy. That's wild. Um, I really enjoyed her her sort of like monologue part. I thought that was all great. I think mm-hmm. writers. Hickman, Gillen, they've gotten a little, a little, a little bit too flowery 
with the verbiage as it relates to destiny and mystique's you know love for each other um i totally get it they'll burn down anything for each other blah 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 blah. they say that every issue so i'm a little bit weary of that language but otherwise it was all excellent juxtaposing that with you know this reveal of what mystique did now the council knows mystique's big lie which is a turn on what we saw happen in Inferno. That was a great sequence of pages. Um, yeah, go ahead. I also I also like the emphasis Gillen puts on their love here, especially for the end reveal that uh, Destiny believes she's writing Mystique's death. Um, and it it really hammers down like the struggle that's going to come between them is you know destiny knows or thinks mystique is going to die and she's not going to be able to do anything about it because that's her whole job um and mystique is this you know insane being who's madly in love with destiny Mm -hmm. and will do anything to keep that going right and you know this is an argument that i was making in the Inferno days, but I think it's even clearer now. Um, Destiny and Moira are not different Hmm. uh, in basically no way. So Destiny and Mystique are willing to do literally anything to preserve their love. And everything around them is could burn. They don't care. Hmm. That's stated several times. They do not care. Um, Moira felt the same way, but for the preservation of Krakoa, of mutant kind in general. And it's kind of like it's kind of frustrating that the characters in this issue don't react to the revelation about Mystique in the way that they did the revelation about Moira. And I wish there was more. I wish, frankly, I wish the whole issue, I wish we could see an entire issue of that conversation with more of the council members present because this is equally as bad in my mind. You know, they put a lot on the line and they, 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 they manipulated a lot of people to get this done. I think destiny says it pretty succinctly though, is like they're surprised a person, uh, a mutant whose power is to deceive, deceive them. Like that's mystique. That's who she is. So is that an dis- excuse? What discussion is there to have, though? Like that's get her out. That's the that's that's they had that discussion about Magneto and Xavier. Xavier, why are they not having it about Mystique? Why? I think like, they were. I think they were about to until Destiny barged in, which he strategically barged in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I also thought Kate's reaction was ridiculous. I I just didn't buy that. Refresh my memory. She she says that Professor X is being basically she says he's being a hypocrite, a big jerk. Yeah, yeah. Wink and a nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that annoys me about Destiny is her name is Irene Adler. Is there a specific reference to the Sherlock character, the Sherlock Holmes character of Irene Adler? I go ahead, kill. I my understanding is that in in the Marvel universe destiny Irene Adler is who inspired mm, Sherlock okay. Holmes's Irene okay. Adler. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't as clear on it, but I knew there was. Uh, I, I yeah. remember reading about it, a very direct connection there. Um, so this issues a lot of politics, a lot of conversation, but this is why I love the Krakoan era so much. It's these kinds of scenes and the moments. Politics. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and when Destiny shows up to the meeting, that really again upended the conversation and turned the issue. Um, you know, she's telling them that there's a war coming. And she knows that Sinister is going to cause the end of everything. What did you guys think about that uh, That couple of pages where Sinister, that's... The Exodus as the Phoenix yeah, Force. Right, Exodus, yeah. A universal Church of Truth is the kind of vibe I was getting. Right. Or his power was based on faith with his mutant power, but like mix him with that becomes otherworldly, I guess. Um. It just seemed like another universe, like another, like it just showed like, oh, this is what, this is how bad it could be if you don't stop Sinister. It could get pretty damn bad. Super the, uh, end game. Yeah, the Shaw skin on the ship was uh, gross. It's disgusting. I'm like, somebody <laughs> just watched a, a Cronenberg movie in, in, in uh, preparation for uh, Crimes of the Future or whatever, so. Gene Corsair is what they, they call Sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, can I just say, then, yeah, uh, um, because I've been lukewarm on it in the past. The uh, Lucas Warnock art is pretty good. Pretty good. I yeah. thought that sometimes the faces were a little bit too expressive, <laughs> uh, especially with Mystique. There were some like, sure. yeah. like comical levels of yeah. expression. I really like those moments, though, with Destiny. When she's, you know, in her agony or whatever, I really thought the reality of like her poses and her suffering or whatever, I really felt it. I, I feel like Wernick really sold that. I don't think we've ever or I have never seen Mystique look like that, you know, like she's normally got such a hard face. Cartoonish like that. Yeah. So to no, I mean, like her her devastation in those panels that you're referring to. Um it really helped to sell her sadness because oh, we right, never see right. her like that. Um, I thought that was great. Yeah. I got some, <laughs> I got some Greg land vibes. I don't know if it was the way um, Warnick was colored or some of the shading or whatever, but there were a couple of faces um, right after sinister takes mystique's form, the face that, uh, <laughs> Mystique is making it looks it looks a little too referency mm. in in that way that Greg Land does, you know. That's mm. fair. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's not necessarily a you know a positive or a negative. It just reminded me of that. I this is this is my book of the week by far. This is my yeah. book of same. This this is my book of maybe the year so far. Like this was oh, so okay. so good. So you're running for a Eisner nominee for a best single issue? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. This was not my pick of the week. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Next one is. Next one is. I mean, I would hope it's not either of the ones we just read. No. Well, I guess maybe Punisher, but yeah, this was incredible. It sets the stage for some really interesting things to happen. And it cements Immortal X-Men as the book to read. From the X-Books, if you want the one book that's really driving the ship, Kieran Gillen is clearly the captain now. 
Look at him. Uh, and the next issue is not going to slow things up because it's going to be focused on everybody's favorite, the White Queen, Emma Frost. Pull oh this. Oh, my pull God. There is going to be my issue of the year. Emma Frost, one of my top like five my, characters in comics. More like my tissue of the year. Hey, oh, ew. Ooh, yucky, yucky. Wow, wow, ew, that's... Ew. Um, for me, cover, though. For me, it really depends on the length of her gloves. <laughs> She's got diamond hands on the cover. Does that count? Is that a technical glove? Mm-mm. No? Uh, we have a technical glove on the... <laughs> <laughs> Is that a yellow card? I don't know. I don't know football. All right, let's talk about Silver Coin. So, Silver Coin 11, uh, this is by James Tinian uh, with art by Michael Walsh, did the letters as well, colors by Tony Marie Griffin and uh, Michael Walsh as well. And then there was a backup issue by Adam Gorham. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's called The Diner. We, we were reviewing Silver Coin pretty steadily for like the first five or so. Put it on the back burner. I thought it'd be fun to come back to it. Uh, it's an anthology horror series, so you really can't go wrong with picking up any given issue. But specifically because it was Tanian, like, sure, why not? Let's do it. Um, and I'm really glad we did because I thought this was excellent. This was yeah. icky. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's like the first word that comes to mind. Um, I have been reading this since the jump, and I have enjoyed it. It might be consistently my favorite or or close to uh ongoing book currently um i don't think it, it is so consistently good no matter the issue um that it's impressive um and if there's one thing sandman's taught me i love a good horror setting in a diner <laughs> like the, the yeah. diners <laughs> creep me out now thanks to comic books like <laughs> I don't feel comfortable in a diner anymore. Um, no, this the idea of this like typical Americana setting um, with people that are just struggling to just get by, uh, and seeing the silver coins evil aura affect them in really graphic and gross and violent ways. Um, it's great to see these people go and get into pain. Like, like this is what this, this whole series is. It's a, it's people down their luck who get a coin and pain comes around. Um, and it's cathartic for me. Basically the silver coin is like a, it's a, it's an item of power mm-hmm. in this universe that gives whoever holds it the ability to cause absolute chaos or to get exactly what they want, but at the cost of something. Um, so in this particular issue, as Tyler pointed out, it's a struggling diner. They don't make much money. You know, it's so bad that there's only a staff of like three people here, a cook, the owner, and a, a waitress. And one day a dude comes in and he's like, oh, I left you a tip. And the coin is there. And the next day, uh, there's a line out the door to eat there. And the people who come in cannot stop eating. Um, yeah, the the wish is uh, tomorrow morning, I want there to be people in this fucking restaurant, and I want them to be fucking hungry. There are people in the restaurant, and they were hungry. Endlessly hungry. hungry. <laughs> I love when a, when a wish gets, you know, like literal meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And like what happens? It's like a typical horror, specifically a horror anthology trope that I just enjoy. Yeah. Um, 
But Sean, the uh, the guy who gave the the coin, I believe, is a character from issue like three or four. Uh, the fire, the guy who was like um, burning down houses or whatever, or, or there was like a firefighter who was like an arson at the same time or some weird thing like that. Um, I believe this is a returning character. So maybe this is between his story and he's trying to learn. Okay, what this yeah, coin can I, do. I feel like I sort of guessed that last week. Yeah, I minded it. I think. I think I thought he was the firefighter who picks up the coin at the end of the first issue when the uh, the rockers burned down the uh, oh could be could yes. be the yes, bar that, or the that, you know the venue yeah. yeah that makes sense um did we just go down no we're good okay yeah uh yeah I mean it's a very simple story we we laid it out. Uh, uh, there's nothing else that really happens in terms of like major beats um but it's nasty it's a nasty comic book yeah um it's horrific uh it's violent it's gross the cook is cooking with humans at a point where they ran out of meat but you got to keep cooking people got to eat um <laughs> Her, the the owner's reaction to to the cook with like a body right next to him uh, on the on the counter or whatever, right? She goes, "Oh," and then for <laughs> me the next thought was, "Yeah." That's <laughs> just uh, another night at the Waffle House, man. I mean, I, that's what corned yeah. beef hash tastes like. So, mm -hmm. I loved the owner. She was a she was a great <laughs> character. She's a lot um, of fun. No nonsense, and I love the way she handles the you know, the eventual situation that they're in uh -huh. where, you know, she's like, Hey, I own this establishment. I'm responsible for whatever is happening here. I'm not going to run from it, which she could have. She sends yeah. the waitress away. She's like, I'm doing you a favor. Leave. Don't come back. She knows that she's going to die, but she's going down with the ship. Yep. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, this issue felt like a commentary on capitalism like i don't Every know if i'm <laughs> overreading but yeah i mean i guess so um but like uh, just feeding people without a care as yeah. to their their well-being in it like they just keep oh you want to eat 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 you know an unreasonable amount of food they clearly know that something's wrong but they don't care because people are paying their money and that's it it's consumption, um, media really? yeah. media consumption maybe I could see that angle. There. Yeah. Sorry, and also, yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I was just going to confirm what Kale was saying. This is uh, the guy at the end of the first issue. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love the, the silver coin because they, they managed to get some of that commentary in, but there's no line of dialogue in this at all that like explicitly signals towards anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, if you don't read into it, it's a straightforward, disgusting horror story. Yeah, that's it. Man, and good horror does that though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do like the 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 format of the series too. It being a different writer, but the art is the same. The artist by uh, Matt Walsh is the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it the Mike the Michael art being Walsh. the same. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's Matt Walsh is a, a, a improv comedian. Kale, am I right about that one? <laughs> He's one yeah. of the the UCB guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Michael Walsh, uh, because it it. It helps the story go along and it helps set a tone for it. And then the writers can kind of twist that in subtle ways. 
um, yeah. that, that fits their own thing. Like Jeff Lemire's story was set in the far future, you know, like, um, I, I think it's a great way to do an anthology. Uh, yeah. Did you guys catch that people were eating their silverware in this? Oh, yeah. the dude, I, I the laughed plates. out loud when I saw the guy eating, eating the plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was nuts. I was I was um, thinking that I'm like, why is he eating himself before the plate? There's got to be something in there, you know. <laughs> Trapzord says, if you read it in a really southern accent, it's hilarious. I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I would. I love think to that was a request, actually, Sean. From who? For, uh, I think it was a request to read that in a southern accent. Do you want to pick a page? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, not me. I can't do southern. Kale, can you do southern? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find the right one. <laughs> Do you, Kale did, you is did you have I know but like did you have a southern accent? Not really, no. Okay, all right. Just re- read read the wish, I guess in a southern accent. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The wish, the wish, the wish. All right, let me get in a character here. Okay, all right. Stephanie. <laughs> my mom's name entry words basically basically my an impression of my grandmother (laughs) stephanie tomorrow morning i want there to be people in this fucking restaurant and i want them to be fucking hungry man i want some grits now nice one i'm going home in a month and I'm just <laughs> racking my brain of all the things I'm going to be eating. I'm going to be so sick. Uh, don't eat this much. That's for sure. Uh, learn, learn something from this issue. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Also, like, can the human body eat enough to cause the stomach to explode? Like, if the brain just, like, over, if they were able to override the brain. If you override the brain, you can do anything. I guess you could do anything. You could probably drown yourself, too. Yeah. Like, like, it only takes, like, uh, a little bit of force to bite into something like if you could shut your brain off you could bite your finger off like a carrot cool that's <laughs> fucking horrifying um <laughs> there's a there's a um there's a uh there's an illness called prader willy disease and one of the things Prader willy I, I barely yeah. know her Potter's Willie. <laughs> One of the problems that that it causes is a lack of self control on eating. So, like, there's a there's a, a a video. It's like a little documentary thing, and it shows this kid who like literally starts to lose their mind when they hear the oh man when they hear the ice cream truck outside because there's a name for that what because i got that (laughs) you see me trying to you should see me put trying to i could put on pants quicker when i hear the ice cream truck than anything else i'm looking for change i'm looking for money i got uh proper willy syndrome i think Oh my god! Prader the Willie proper Tyler. willies. Yeah. Oh my god, that's I don't. Need, I hey, Sultan Swain, nice of you to join us on this at this moment. Well, <laughs> couple, welcome, Sultan. <laughs> couple that with the uh, the disease that takes away the the feeling of uh, pain. Man, you're in trouble. Well, what if you feel the pain but you can't stop eating? 
then you're really in trouble. That's this comic, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My man was eating his his glass. Oh, man. Brutal. Uh, uh, hey, uh, can, 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 can and shout. What's going on? Yeah, we're uh, we're, uh, we're talking about comic books. We're talking about the silver hey, coin number up, 11. Can and shout. At this point, are we ranting about comic books? <laughs> no, we're just talking about proper willies right now. I've heard so many good things about the silver coin. Yeah, silver coin is really amazing. Uh, this particular issue is fantastic. So if you haven't read it before, uh, there's really no reason not to just buy this comic book. We all are yeah. saying pull yep. it. Yeah, it's um, my pick of the week. Yep. You don't need to have any familiarity at all. All you need to know is that the silver coin has power and uh, it makes really bad things happen. That's it. Well, one thing that we haven't mentioned, and I don't think I've even thought of until this very moment, is the the color palette that uh, Michael Walsh chooses throughout every issue. It's this cool but eerie, heavy mm. on the like grays and blues. It's not quite black and white. There is color involved, but mm. none of it is a happy color. <laughs> like it is yeah. this dreariness in color that um, I don't. It's one of those things where like the coloring is so good I don't recognize it. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, it's a cool like dulled out color um but then whenever they get to a page where you know there's violence or blood or anything like that we get those reds that stand out so much yeah. more because the rest of the book doesn't have you know they're not he's not using standout colors otherwise so um yeah it's really really gross uh canon by the way how'd you uh, how'd you find us Glad you're here. Uh, definitely pull it. And if you say you haven't had the courage to read it, uh, you should. It's scary. So yeah, yeah. If, if you don't like horror, maybe don't. Or do. No. Maybe you'll find something you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's it for our reviews this week. That's it for the books. But we still have comics tag now i wasn't here last week so i do not know who was tagged oh you were tagged sean you didn't read <laughs> that would have been a bad idea because i i didn't want to listen to the issue or the episode because i didn't want to, to do a power bomb to be spoiled for me so uh, uh but so yes Mar oh please I was going to say, I, I was going to let since i have the, the, the yeah please the control of this uh, i was gonna say marco tagged kale Mm. Uh, last week, he actually gave Kale a choice. There was a blue pill, red pill situation going on, um, yeah. where Kale got to pick one of two boombox books. Uh, one Ooh. of them was uh, Scarret Hood, which I believe Marco has uh, talked about previously. Yeah. Uh, the other one was the one Kale picked, which was uh, Mambo Number. Sorry, uh, Mamo <laughs> by uh, Sass Millage. <laughs> uh, I was looking for the Mambo Number Five sound effect on here um, to just throw in here because funny. Um, but A, I didn't want to get DMCA'd for any amount of time. Uh, and B, uh, but number five, kind of worth it. Lou, Lou Vega, though, yeah. he's he's notoriously litigious. Um, I'm making that up. I have no idea. I oh, have no Wow. Idea. Why would you just say something completely made up about Lou Vega? Lou Vega. Uh, is it Lou Vega or Lou Vega? Lou Vega, Lou Vega, national treasure. Okay. I suffer from Lou Vega constantly. <laughs> it's right in my <laughs> stomach. It's horrible. What is that? Uh, on, but man. but but what I was gonna get at, I, so the the song starts with uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mambo number five. But somebody cut the um, ladies and gentlemen. We got him Osama bin Laden uh, uh, announcement, 
with what? Bombo number five. And I just didn't have time to get the actual audio out of it. I just, I'll describe it to you. There we go. Thank you. It's much funnier when we can just hear it, but appreciate it. Uh, sure. I did okay. I, I thought you were dedicated to this podcast. You're going to come here and tell us what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I tell you why I didn't do it? I was eating chicken fingers. I was eating chicken fingers. And, you know, they were like the perfect. They were like too hot. And I thought I wouldn't get to them in time. They're like fresh out the fryer. But here I got we go. Here we go. It's 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 food. Pals I already time. ate on purpose, Sean. I was very hungry, so I knew I had to eat. And I had Mambo number five got cut because of it. OK, let's talk about the power uh, of the let's talk about Mambo number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one through five, actually. So, sure. OK, all right. Uh, yeah, so Mamo is the story of um, a teenager who goes on the search for a witch to help her save her town. Um, and the town is being sort of infested by all of these weird magical things. Um, trolls are throwing rocks at people. Um, trees are growing into houses. Um, and it turns out the witch is the granddaughter of the town's old witch. And through some shenanigans, they they uh, uh, fall in love and realize that um, home is where the heart is. Um, <laughs> A lot less cliche, I hope. Yeah. Probably not. um but it's it's good it's really good the um the art in this book is absolutely incredible um it's very um i don't know i i hesitate to compare it to steven universe but that feels like my closest uh point specifically because the way they uh that sass milligan draws nature is so um atmospheric and it's very um, lush. You sort of see it there. I have the first cover on the stream, which has yeah, a lot yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just it's a really fun story, and you know what? I'm I I always come into comics tag ready to hate whatever is recommended to me, but I'm wow. Actually, I'm actually really glad I read this. <laughs> you picked this one too because I, I re-listened to it earlier. You said I'm going to pick this one because it sounds like I won't like it compared to the two. Yeah, and hate yeah. reading is better content. <laughs> yeah, but you know what kills me? You know what's so bullshit, Kale? You're the only one who picks books that nobody's going to like. <laughs> yeah. And well, why? Why do you come in ready to hate the book when you're the one who hate picks books? Because that's the game. It's have, not my fault you guys are no, doing that. No, 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 no. I have picked things that I thought the person would like. I have yet to do that. And just because you guys are doing that doesn't mean I have to play by the same rules. That is fair. I just don't understand why you'd be prepared to hate the book. Because I expect you guys to be on my level. And you're not. Right. Congratulations. I would never stoop there, Kill. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> okay, so uh, you liked it. I'm glad to hear that. Now, who are you tagging and with what? I would uh, like before, to you, before, before you tag, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my moon number five. <laughs> <laughs> 
found it. All I right. found it. Yeah. Thank you. That was worth it. I didn't play the actual Sorry. music. So. All right, Kill. You're right. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I really enjoy this. I'm actually very glad Marco recommended this. Um, so that's uh, that's it. Yeah. Nice of Marco uh, to so, show up to to see yeah, that. Right. <laughs> Uh, so my pick is going to be for Sean. Yes. And guess what? You ain't going to like it. Nice. <laughs> I want you to read um, Asterix. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. Really, you can do any one of them because it's it's they're um, serialized. It's not a big deal. Uh, I think you should do the first one, Asterix the Gaul. Um, so Asterix is a, um, wow. All right. So it's a, uh, French, no, Bell French, uh, Viking comic. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, very, very, uh, cartoony Donald Ducky, but it's wildly famous. Yeah. This um, is like, um, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, Tim, Tim, Tintin? It's like tins and levels. Yeah. 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 Wildly famous. Still going. Still putting out new stuff. Um, unlike Tintin, they, they haven't made new stuff, but Asterix and Obelix are actively still uh, putting new stuff out. Sean, if it, if it uh, excites you, this book was originally published in 1959. Yeah. So now for oh. the oldest comics tag, I think, <laughs> we've ever had. It has uh, to be the oldest comics tag, yeah. If you don't want to read it, I did see that the hour-long film is on YouTube. Oh, so. guess what I'm not going to do? Uh, shoot, I really wish I had a thing to do next Thursday. You have a whole week. That doesn't to, mean anything, Tyler. To come because... up with something. Do you want me to help you come up with punishment for Kale? Do you oh. Wanna... oh, dude, yeah. You can tag him right back. Oh, That's not Kale. a rule I'm that we've never had. I'm going to tag your ass back. I'm going to get you, sucker. I'm going to get you. Yeah, I'm but never going to do comic sack again. It's just going to be I, a volleyball listen, game. <laughs> I gave. I tried to give you a good book, and you spat when? it in my face. You know what? When? I might read this as well. This feels like something. What? Why really would you subject it, yourself to this, Tyler? It, it feels like something I should have in my comics DNA, like yeah, something that I, I should like have read. I've read Tintin. Yeah. Um, that shit racist at some points. Holy shit. At some um, points. Yeah, yeah. Not all of it. <laughs> My man was working for the Nazis. I don't think, I don't think so, it was by choice, so but. <laughs> so was Donald Duck. Whoa. Not by choice, but, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's dark. Uh, all right. I, I will do it, and I will report back next Thursday. And wow. I promise you, Kale, I will return the favor. All right. I'm not scared. And Sean, you have to you have to do it or else there's gonna be an asterisk on comics tag. You know, hey, like yeah. Marty says uh there's some asterisks that hasn't uh aged well either. So rad. Point me in that direction. I wanna you, want, you want the problematic? Yes. <laughs> I wanna feel it flow through me. I want it to inspire you know me. <laughs> I I genuinely thought about giving uh giving Sean one of the racist tintins. I don't care. Oh, that, do that, it. <laughs> Dude, I'm game for whatever. Let's go. It's Let's Pride go. Month. It's not. It's not Black History Month. Can you get away with it then? <laughs> you can get away with it now. Yeah, but all right. Black I'm just History Month. All right. Why do they, do... they get the shortest month? Never mind. All right. That's you know why. 
Yeah, it's a fair. <laughs> My God, what a show. Uh, let's, get, let's get into Pals Pulls. Pals Pulls is the segment where we tell you guys what we're looking forward to next week. Sorry, I saw what was problematic in Asterisk. Um, and uh, uh, same issue Tintin had. Let's just say that. Yeah. Oh, okay. good. Yeah. Uh, so I am pulling uh, a new number one from Marvel next week. Variants. Uh, this is by uh, Gail Simone. Finally. Uh, and uh, Phil Noto. Uh, you can tell me there's a Phil Noto book. I'd be interested. You can tell me there's a new Gail Simone book. I'd be interested. Uh, you can tell me there's a Jessica Jones book and not tell me who the creative team is on it. And I would be interested. So these are three things that I'm interested in. Uh, so I will check this out. Um, I like Jessica Jones as a character a lot. Probably one of my favorite characters. Um, and, uh, yeah, give me more of her. And then, uh, Phil Noto too. Kale, is it you or Marco? That's not too hot on Phil Noto. Marco. It's Marco, I, I, okay. I like yeah. most Phil Noto. Yeah. Uh, and this involves multiple uh, multiversal uh, variants of Jessica Jones all coming together for something. I did not read up on it uh, because I want to read it, actually. Um, and then I'm also picking Iron Cat number one. Oh, which God. Is a new number one for Marvel as well. Um, this is Jed McKay continuing his uh, black uh, black cat stuff. Uh, but this time teaming up with Iron Man in a Iron Man suit that she stole. Um, it's it's stupid that this is being called Iron Cat and there's a new number one. Like, I know this is literally to, to sell action figures or some shit like that. And you're trying to get, and, you know, it's like Gwenpool or Spider-Gwen or something. And didn't Iron Man and Hellcat just get married or whatever? Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. this would be that. Dude likes him a cat. I think him and Tiger were also a thing. So I... Well, I mean, listen. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, Cannon Shout is having a meltdown in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) She stole a suit, Cannon. She just stole a suit. Yeah. She put put her gamer headset on it. Uh, She just, you know, modded it a bit. You know, little cats on it. Yeah. I can't wait to put this on the episode next week. Are you on the episode next week, Sean? You're on uh, Pals Pools? As of now, you are? All right. So, maybe I'll be... uh, Uh, who so the art on this is by uh, Perry Perez too, which it's Perry Perez and Jed McKay, which is like a pretty good fucking team. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in this. This this and in, fun. yes, Tony Stark is married uh, to someone. Oh, uh, I don't Potts. know yet. They all oh, right. Yeah, there was a proposal. Yeah. I'm not sure if there was a marriage yet. That uh, yeah, I don't think the the actual wedding has happened yet. But I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not like the biggest comics Iron Man fan. Sure. Yeah. But I believe that the Pepper Potts Iron Man thing was kind of like exaggerated for the movies. Because uh, yeah. in the comics, since I started reading them, they've actually never been together. I don't think they ever really pulled the trigger on that, to be honest, in the comics. Yeah. Um, it's always been like a flirtatious. Uh, but the boss employee dynamic was always there, you know. Right. I think yeah. it wasn't really until the movies where they kind of toyed with it, but never really went full hog, raw dog on it, you know? Jesus Christ. Is that not a saying? A full hog, raw dog. <laughs> full hog, raw dog. How now, brown cow? It is now. How that's do you what, think that's my vocal exercise, what I do. Um, so, uh, Marco, not here, but he picks Swamp Thing number 14. Uh, Swamp Thing is a Green Lantern, maybe. Who I don't cares? Know. I, I agree. <laughs> Why do you do this? Uh, Stop it. Who cares? He told me after I already made it. Yeah, he also picked Canto, Tales of the Unnamed World, uh, number one by IDW. 
Um, Kale, you picked a uh, Power Rangers book? Oh, yeah, I did. I always right. I have to wait. Uh, it had a virgin variant because I can never so. remember. Uh, um, yeah, it's a virgin variant that does not have the, the title on it. I will do some digging. It is uh, Power Rangers Unlimited Road to Ruin. Countdown to Ruin, number one. Countdown to Ruin. Uh, so this I, supposedly is the next uh, step into the next big Power Rangers thing. Uh, this story revolves around um, Andros and uh, his best friend Zane, Yo. the Red and Silver Rangers, respectively. Okay. Oh, man, I wish I could react to this. I don't know what any of those the, things mean. Um, the in-space drama for me was like some of the f- very first like real drama that I got into. And like Andros and uh, Astronema and Zane and their whole dynamic was just, man, it had me gripped. Um, and so this explores uh, Andros and Zane's uh, friendship uh, on from whatever planet they're from and how they met and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And uh, evil is coming. Nice. They say. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Cannon says, this looks right up my alley. Canto looks really good. You know, it's a shame that the person who pulled it isn't here to talk about it. But if you end up checking it out, you should let us know your thoughts. We'd love You to can join that. our Discord. We'll talk about it later. But you can join our Discord if you want to talk about this. We're always talking about shit like this. Or people yeah. are recommending other books to people. Uh, link I, below. Right? I think uh, yeah, there Discord are people reading below. Canto uh, in, 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 in the Discord. Yeah. Sultan, are you one of them? Are you still here? Anyway. Anyway, all right. Read Let's uh, get into one of Sean's polls. Uh, a book starring Stephen Bannon, apparently. Um, <laughs> judging by that cover. Uh, but uh, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number nine, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So we, you know, I admitted I was completely wrong about this, this comic book. It's actually amazing. We talked about issue eight. We reviewed issue eight. We were blown away by how good it was. Now I need to keep up. I want to see what's going to happen next. I'm on the hook. And you know what? As it turns out, Rick Remender's never done me wrong. I did Rick Remender wrong. And so I apologize. Rick Remender, I apologize. I was wrong. This is the show, for sure. Of course he does. Yeah, that dude definitely listens to comic book podcasts. That's the exact kind of vibe I got off. Rick Remender doesn't even do comic book podcasts. (laughs) That's true. I'm busy listening to him. I met Wes Craig at Comic Con, and I uh, I interviewed him. And so I, you know, after it was over, I was like, "Do you think like, do you think Rick would come on the show?" He was like, "Oh man," he was like, "I don't know. I'll ask him, but he's just not. He doesn't like to do them and." I don't know. And lo and behold, we haven't had Rick on the show. So I don't even think he's been on like iFanboys show who are like every or, or even like a word balloon, like the podcast interview shows that I know of. Um, oh, yeah, the dream. That's yeah. what and I you also be. had um, Buffy 97 number one. So you're you're yeah. trying another Buffy number one. <sighs> Look, man, fool me once. Shame fool on me once. Me. <laughs> Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame me more uh, because I can't stop. I love Buffy. I love Buffy comics. This cover is fire. Um, I just, not that cover, not the cover that 
that Tyler's showing. It's the other cover. Um, Buffy on the cover, Buffy is doing this hand symbol, hand sign, like an X Wakanda with forever. her. Yeah, basically the Wakanda forever, but she's got two uh, two uh, stakes in her hands, and it reminds me of DX when they used to have the glow sticks. <laughs> Wait, did DX originate Wakanda Forever? Yes. Triple H is the originator of Wakanda Forever, which is notable because Triple H is part-time black. So it all works out. Blackface, remember they came out with Blackface? Yeah, I'm, I remember. I know, it's, I was, it's a poll. Yeah, Kale, I don't I think it's a lot of stuff. things you just threw in my face. I know. Triple H once know. fucked a corpse on TV. Um, That's true, and also a lot. Uh, Canon. Tokyo Ghost is phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of it. We haven't done a book club on it yet, but we probably will if I get my way before the end of the year. Um, Sean, did you mention who the the writer is? I'm sorry. I didn't mention shit. So Max Bemis Bemis is uh, writing this, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, And Mariana Ignazi is on art, I believe. it's a it's a weird book. It's a it's like a a comedy. It's 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 turning Buffy in Buffy into a a comedy TV show where things end up being more real than they seem to be. Yeah, reading this blurb, a uh, Max Bemis, lead singer of Say Anything, one of my favorite bands growing up. Um, yeah, okay. But it it seems like the show is if Buffy were a single camera sitcom. Yes. But the actual story is that this is happening to the actors who are playing Buffy. Is that what I'm reading into? It's like meta on meta. Yes. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, that's how I was reading it, too. It was a very hard blurb to read that I don't even want to say out loud. But uh, it is interesting. You know what? I think I might get burned twice as well. You know what? I think this podcast might get burned twice because we might (laughs) just end up reading it. But but also, um, I do like Max Bemis's work. Uh, yeah. uh, Max did some fun, fun Moon Knight shit uh, a couple years back, and another mm. book with um, Ivan Coelho uh, a couple even further back, maybe seven years ago. But yeah, Max Beams is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what was my other one? No, you already did your other one. You're good. That's it. Oh yeah, that that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, that's right. I did. <laughs> yeah, two. We get two. Kale yes. usually takes one. If you want your, if you want one of Kale's next time, you can let me know. Okay. Nah, nah, that's all right. You talking about the one this time? Yeah, yeah. There's that's not usually. Well, fair, fair. <laughs> all right, so that's our show for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Before we cut out, I do want to let you guys know that if you enjoyed this. Make sure that you leave us a follow if you're watching live on Twitch. Even if you're not, head on over to twitch.tv slash thecomicspals. Leave us a follow. Watch our main show live at 10.15 a.m. every single Saturday. Start your weekend with the Comics Pals. Go ahead, Tyler. I will say, if you have questions for this week's show, please give them in. Mm. <laughs> um, you guys are going to be have, fine. I'm just saying we have half the opinions. So time timeline-wise, if you... Oh, opinions we have lots of. Don't worry. Fair. If, if there were two people to have on the show who can just keep talking, yeah, I think we got the right two. <laughs> Interesting. You should come up with a, a game for me. Oh, I, I've been trying to think about it. Trust me. <laughs> oh, that's kind of fun. I like that. I can't wait to hear what you guys do. Um, so, yeah. And then this very show 
if you are not watching live, can always catch at 6 p.m. Eastern every single Thursday. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thecomicspals. For as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys. Uh, YouTube.com slash thecomicspals. Subscribe for free. Like the video. Share it with your friends. All that's free. Helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Last but not least, join our Discord server so that you can be a part of our community. Uh, we've got a lot of good people. Most of the people you heard us reference here who were in the Twitch comments, they come from our Discord server. So uh, if you want to hang out with those people, please do join. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.